patriarchs and pop sickles. Access your father file, cast a firm eye on your brimming brood, and of course I won't fall asleep during this podcast. I've got the vitality of it. Because it's time to talk dull to me. So I leave the hose on. Welcome back. I am Omen Thomas Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are fatherless moans. <laughs> and this, my brethren, is Talk Talk to Me. A competitive barbecue and New Balance fashion show at the Lawnmower Convention of Prog Rock, in which nurturing Nick and open me up another beer omen will lay down a heavy dose of discipline onto each and every toddling track that dad bod rock band Jethro Tull has ever whelped into existence. We will pluck the paternal strings of Papa Bear Joe Parrish, humiliate the half-sized humans with John O'Hara, and glop guilt upon the gummy bear troop of David Goodyear. And if we finally can get straight A's, eat up all of our vegetables, and catch the long pass at the homecoming game, we may finally earn the love and respect of the king of the claghorn, the daddy-o of the diminuendo, the paterfamilias of polyphony, the sire of the shire, Ian Alphadad Anderson. I just want a game of catch with Ian. That's, I mean, that's all I want. I just want his acceptance. Someday, not today, but soon, he'll have time. I feel like, I feel like we're, we're getting close. Yeah, it could be any day now. <laughs> Nick, welcome back. Omen, hello. Another week, another song off of Rockflute. Time continues its relentless march onward into oblivion, and we keep talking about Jethro Tull. I mean, it makes me forget about that timeless march. So, exactly. Yeah. Here's yeah. your little respite from the yeah. the march to oblivion that we're all on. Yeah. Nick, speaking of uh, oblivion, what are we talking about today? So today we are on track three off of the most recent album. We are on All Father. Wow. All Father. Yeah. We are. Uh, oh, we are officially a quarter of the way through this album. Three of twelve already. That's mathematics? It's math. You can take some scrap paper and do it out if you need to. I'll wait. It affrights me. <laughs> the last episode, we were talking about 30-second notes. You, you were you were talking about it, and you were like, first you have an eighth, and then you have a sixteenth. And you, and you were like, you did it so well. Like, you knew the math there of fractions. Fractions are hard. That's applied math, not theoretical pure math. If it's related to carpentry or music or... You know, how many slices of pizza I can eat? <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say drugs. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow, very dark, very, very, very different. Very, you and I. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to listen to and then talk about All Father, the Ode to Odin. Let's load it in to our ears. Oh, that was. I'm not happy about I'm that. I'm going to sacrifice one of my ears to never hear that joke again. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> All 
every time signature. How many can we fit? Every single one. Can you count them? You may die. Your brain will <laughs> melt in. Pour out of your ears now. Grab a tissue. Nick, there was all father. That was not a pop song by Katy Perry. That was all father by Jethro Tull. And yet one could be forgiven for putting that into the pop pipe and smoking it. It's Tull pop. You know, we've had a couple of these rear their heads and we're like, that's, I could see that as being classified as pop, but it's clearly you're looking at pop with like a great lens. What's it called? What's the gel that you put over a theater lens? A gobo? It's called a gel, actually. There's, there's What's a gobo? A fresnel? No. A gobo? A gobo is, is what you put that has a pattern in it that projects a pattern onto mm. the stage. Then it is, it's a tall pattern. I stick with gobo. And it's a tall pattern. Okay. Song. <laughs> Do you remember when you first heard this track, what your thought was? Oh, gosh. I think it was it was kind of surprise at, yeah. like, what is this sound coming from, given Veluspo and Ganungagap being so meaty and heavy. And in, in addition, we'd also already heard The Navigators and what was the other one? Hammer on Hammer. Hammer on Hammer, right. Yeah, all of which is... Very dark, heavy, so chunky, serious. Mm -hmm. And this one is like, hmm, okay, does this belong on here? Maybe not. I'm with it though. <laughs> I think I texted you All Father by Candy Colored Rain. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the sound I was expecting to a song about Odin, All Father. I know, I know. But I'm here for it. I like it a lot. It's so fun. It is so. Reminiscent of, you know, the sound of the 70s in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then there's also, it gets a little bit more dark and serious as we go further into it. But yeah, for me, what does it is the peppiness that is yeah. coming from the drums. Oh, the drums are so good through this. Solid, very solid all the way through. Very good. Yeah. How can we help you? How can we bring you? It's fun. It's colorful. It is. Everybody's coming in with on their fun setting, except for JPJ, which really makes it really potent when we do hear him. Yeah, it's everybody's having a gay old time. I am particularly fond of the intro with David Goodyear coming in, introing the whole thing with the bass. That weird little like hitch in the giddy up right at the beginning. It's kind of a classic bass intro, but the fact that that's what we hear first, I love it. Hang on, let me listen to it again. It's super quick. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it's but it's so quick. It's so quick. And it sets up the ear. Like if you literally just started with I think it would have a different effect, but the fact that we have this it almost, it's the counter movement before the movement yeah. that makes the first movement look so much bigger. And that literal first second of this pop song makes that a tall pop song because I would not, I would never expect that in a pop song. Katy Perry would have just started with the flute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the synth, the synth and little splashy cymbals. Yeah. 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 
That part is so fun though. I, I had never noticed it until listening to it earlier today. And I was like, what is that? Is that like, is that an accident? Is that, cause it, it almost like it's, it's on the cusp of like, does this feel right? Does this not feel right? It's obviously not an accident. You know what they call it is a, it's a pickup. Mm, yeah. So if, if your measure starts here, you can have a partial measure here, or you have a full measure that just has, you just play on the last bit. So if it's, mm -hmm. instead of going one, two, three, four, you would go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, yeah. two, three, four. More in this case, one, two, three, four, five, down, two, yeah. three, four, five. <laughs> yes. We'll get there. Yeah. Before we talk about the time signatures, I want to mm. discuss some of the doubling that is happening. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. I think the first instance of doubling we have is the synth, I reckon, right? I didn't even notice that one. Why don't you, oh, start, no. why don't you tell me about that? And then I'll talk about the other, the other two. We have that in conjunction with Ian's very beginning, that -da -ba -da -ba -da -da. in the background, it's very light and fun and silly. And then when that kind of intro ends it transitions into more of a regular synth sound but i think that there's a little bit of a layering in there could be wrong there's a lot going on okay so yes absolutely and i think you're talking about the synth doubling on the melody that the flute is playing yes oh yeah maybe that's what i'm hearing and that is totally in there it's like a beautiful cake that you're cutting into mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my God, the layers of this keep going and every buttercream in here is a different flavor. And what I was referring to was the fact that Ian is playing double flutes a lot of the way through this. And then as soon as he starts singing, we have double voice. And I think that that is not only a musical technique, but also thematic. Oh, so when you're saying double, you're not saying flute goes up this way, flute goes down this way. You're saying two flutes playing the exact same thing. I don't know that they're playing the exact same thing, but they're darn close. There are two distinct flutes working in conjunction with each other. Okay. Like two ravens sitting oh. on either shoulder of the singer. Oh, dear. Ah, ah. One eye, two ravens. Ah, ah. That was the other raven. Oh, yeah, you you moved your mouth, yeah. I'll grab that one part and drop it in stereo and pan it left and then pan it right for everybody to experience. You're such a, such a sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good instrumentation on this one. Absolutely. So much. Mm -hmm. I do like how we, we get dark. Once we hit that second verse, it, it takes us a little darker, and that's when we start to get the call and response between Ian singing and JPJ comes in with some stings in between when, mm. when Ian stops. Is that where we have eye for a lie, tooth for a truth? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly where it starts, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Eye for a lie, tooth for a truth. And from the branches of the well. The construction of the song is, is a little bit interesting as well. Yeah. I kind of, maybe you noted where the actual break happens. You mean in terms of the white text versus the pink text of old and modern? Also that. Oh, okay. And what I was thinking of is the the actual musical break. Right. It does coincide with the break of the two time periods. Awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. That break is so fun. 
it gets heavier. Like you said, we have Ian coming in with the second flute part where he feels like he's very improvisational. Yeah, that's the one that really caught me was he plays around for a bit. Then he repeats that, that same track, and then his light flute comes up over that. Yes, and that's where yes. it feels improvisational. It's like, yeah. it's kind of up and airy. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> It's really cool. Maybe it's like a raven flying. Uh, perhaps a raven flying through the sky, oh. represented by a flute. Oh, goodness. And then we also have, when they come back in, we have Ian speaking the text. The heavy door closed with a thud. Very a la hot mango flush. A bit, yeah. Ladies with ice cream hair, gyroscopic pink neon beams. With JPJ. Yes, very chunky, very nougaty mouthfuls of guitar at that point. <laughs> <laughs> very, very mouth mouthsome. Ma yeah, yeah, yeah. Very tongue, very tongueish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very salivatory. So yeah, at about two minutes is I think where there's kind of a little bit of a second breakdown. It's not quite. Yes, I think it's right before. For, I'm pretty sure it ends with the the gift of learning's afterglow, and then we get a bit of an instrumental before we get into the afterglow, afterglow, all father. Wrap up. Yeah. But that guitar at about two, I'm sorry, the flute at about two, really makes me think of the Christmas album a little bit, actually. Oh, interesting. I can totally see that. It's not necessarily any distinct melody, but it's kind of the vibe. Right, yeah. It's the brightness. Yes. We're getting yeah. this this celebratory fun sparkle from this song that I think again, wasn't expecting from this album, delighted to observe it. Yeah. And does feel kind of Christmassy. It's it's a little bit like a one of those wines that's not like a champagne sparkle, but like a little sparkle. A little sparkle wine. A little sparkle. Yeah, this is our first respite from the really heavy dark. We're going to go back into dark for a bit, but near kind of halfway through the second half, I think, is where it starts to pick up again and lighten up. Kind of a lot like Zealot Gene, if I'm honest. I will never not miss Martin Barr playing on Jethro Tull. Yes. However, I am starting to really enjoy and look forward to hearing Joe Paris Jr. James. Joe Parrish, James Jr. The third Reginald Esquire. Duke of Northumberland. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's so different from Martin, yet it's still, he still like, he still kind of encompasses this sound that Martin, 
built into the DNA of Tull. Yes. But he does it in his way. It's like generations removed. It's still there. You still see the parentage of it. It's honoring that, yes. but it's he, yes. it's his own way. And when he, when he breaks from that, boy, it's really like, it's pleasant. It's, it's kind of shock to the system. It's like you have Hank Williams Sr. Yes. And then Hank Williams Jr. Nobody uh -huh. talks about because no. we not with his reasons. And then Google Hank it. Williams the third, you have that voice. It's like it skipped a generation mm. and it coming back in a different form. And he's totally a different person and using it to tell the story that he wants, but you hear the thought behind it, but you're like, Oh my God, that is totally the grandson of Hank Williams senior. Mm. Okay. I believe you. He's the only mu musician that I'm aware of who released both a country album, a punk album, and an album of something called Cattlecore on the same year. Is this senior or the third? The third. Okay. <laughs> Not senior. Yeah, Cattlecore is like auctioneer sounds mm -hmm. over screamo metal music. Is he the only one that has ever made Cattlecore? It's possible. It's possible. I'm interested, though. I'm intrigued. I will listen to 30 seconds of the first track and be like, eh, okay, I've heard enough. That's long. The, the reason it's called Cattlecore is because if you can listen for more than eight seconds, you win a prize. Oh, challenge accepted. Nick, it's time to talk about time signatures. Let's go out to hunt by numbers. So I, with my very rudimentary time signature knowledge, I was counting, trying to make four, four fit or eight, four. Mm -hmm. But as we will learn in a moment, like I kept losing a foot every single time. I was like, why? Uh -huh. What's going on? Where, where is it? And I could not adjust. Why am I always behind? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it worked once every, what, two, three or four, I think it falls. But it's, it's not four, four. The funny say. thing is there is four, four in here. Really? Yeah. In the break. Oh, maybe that's where I felt like, okay, I got it. I got it. And then it, it changed up. I was like, oh, I, 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 I was clearly wrong that time. In some of the break, there is 4-4. Four, four. That initial opening, though, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, that is in 5-4. Classic tall, 5-4. Which is classic tall, yeah. We five kings. Living in the past. Living in the past. Yep, yep, yep. A bunch of other examples. Dave Brubeck. Dave Brubeck, that classic Jethro Tull song, Dave Brubeck. Yep. We also have some 3-4 thrown in 
in one of the later breaks, I think. So it really is a, it's a smorgasbord of time signatures. It spans the fours. All of the fours. All of the fours. We don't have seven four. We don't really have six four. Well, I guess you could count the three four as a six eight. Yeah, right. It doesn't matter. It's, who cares? But no, it's fun. And that's what gives it that, that's what, as you say, that's what brings the tall to pop. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. I mean, Living in the Past was a poppy radio song and it, it was 5-4. Probably the only 5-4 radio hit ever in the history of the world. Bold statement. In the history of the galaxy. Yes, that's more accurate, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wacky, it's all over the place. It really kind of keeps you on your toes, even though you don't know what's going on, why it is. And in in addition, like this song clips, it's like it's under 245. It's a quick wow. one. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. So that also, I think that the wacky time signatures, the brightness, the lightness, it all keeps you kind of swept up and like, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I dig it though. And then it's done before you yeah. you really settle into it. I feel like I have listened to this song more times in a row than most other Jethro Tull songs. I think the first time I listened to it, I was like, I, I could not possibly <laughs> yes. I, I need to hear have this again. <laughs> heard that correctly. Let me take a second look. Yeah. And then I was like, surely there's something mistaken here. Let me just double, triple check. Did I click the wrong band? Am I in a, a multiverse situation here? No, this is Jethro Tull from our universe. Yeah, yeah. And maybe from every universe. What if in every multiverse, the only thing that was the same was Jethro Tull? The consistent piece is Jethro Tull? That's the thread that holds the multiverse together. That's why Ian keeps creating albums. It's the pin. He's the he's the Yggdrasil. He is. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. <laughs> A flute biting its own mouthpiece. <laughs> you planted the flute and it branches off into all of the members of Jethro Tull. Oh, boy. Nick, anything else to say about the music here of All Father? Nope. I am very good with that. I It's a fun bop. You are very good with that. Thank you. <laughs> no halfway. We'll dive right into the context of All Father. From our Ian Father here, this is the blurb in front Ooh, of to describe yes. this song specifically. It says, Odin, All Father. Wisdom seeker, giver, one-eyed. The other sacrificed in exchange for knowledge. Hung from world tree, Yggdrasil, for nine days and nights to perceive the runes. Yeah, nothing to add, honestly. That's everything that I know about Odin. And yeah. a little bit more. So Yggdrasil, the world tree, it's kind of the, the linchpin for all of the realms. Yeah, and we can talk about some of the overlapping symbolism in Western imagery. The Hanged Man from the tarot deck, one may be familiar with, that is mm -hmm. very much a reference to the god who sacrifices himself. Mm -hmm. Also very much a tie-in with J.C. of N. That is true. Pretty darn close. And even, you know, being nailed to a tree, being nailed to a wooden cross, 
yeah. one could argue that it's just an evolution of the exact same imagery mm-hmm. or is coming from the same impulse. Mm. Yeah, the sacrifice for something. I'm struggling to think of something for a Greek comparison. I gotcha. What is it? Prometheus. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. No, I, yeah, he sacrificed. Yeah. I mean, it's, I was thinking of like literally the tack onto the tree, but yeah. He was chained to a rock. Yeah. He was chained to a rock for his punishment for That's bringing true. a gift to humanity. It's the yeah. same thing over and over again. That's true. It's just different flavors. Yeah. One has grape leaves in it. One has eagles eating his liver. Yeah. One has liver in it. Mmm. It's a wonderful Greek play called Prometheus Bound. It's one of the only surviving Greek plays that we that we still have. Wow. And I saw a production of it in London, which was great. There was a guy chained the entire time and blindfolded the entire time, wow. delivering, acting for an hour and a half in that state. It was very powerful. It's not a one man, is it? Like it's, no. it's, not, it's not a one no, man it's show. Not, no, oh no, 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 no. I saw that at the International Mr. Leather Competition. Gotcha. One, yeah. That was not a play. No. It was real. But it was fun. <laughs> Maybe. They didn't need his liver. <laughs> you let that trail off for you to use your imagination. So, Yggdrasil comparisons, yes. Let's talk about the runes. I was just, that's exactly where I was going to go. Omen, what's a rune? Well, my understanding is it is the, it is the Norse form of written language. It's an ancient Germanic alphabet, actually, used for writing, divination, and magic throughout Northern Europe, Scandinavia, the British Isles, and Iceland from about 100 AD to present day. Boom. There are 24 runes. In the Elder Futhark, which is the first runic <laughs> alphabet. I have, to, I have to wash my Elder Futhark. <laughs> it reminds me. <laughs> I don't have anything to follow up. That's That was just good the way it was. So the idea is that Odin, who is the Zeus-like character, or even in a way perhaps the Kronos-type character, mm. he is the father of all the gods in that regard, sacrifices his, his own eye for knowledge and part of the gift of knowledge from the universe is the runic language. So he literally gave the culture an ability to transmit ideas through writing. And I love that that alphabet is also so tied to the practice of magic Mm -hmm. and divination, but there's something very amazing that, you know, the person who was writing the poetic Eda or recording the poetic Eda was literally using the gift of Odin to write this thing down. That's so cool. Yeah, and using them as charms or talismans for divination was literally trying to communicate with those gods as well. I think there's a bit of a parallel to other writing systems in the world. I think that it's not a direct parallel, but in in Judaism, Hebrew letters are considered sacred and, Mm -hmm. you know, are sometimes used as if you go into the Kabbalistic, the esoteric mysticism side yeah. of Judaism, there's a lot more of using words and letters as as divination and, and as magical tools. Right, right. Just in comparison, you brought up tarot earlier, kind of the same thing divination-wise. Yeah. Just anthropologically in general, a written language is a massive game changer. Straight it's up. It's a technology that 
allows a civilization to form. Yeah. Without written language, you are inhibited by how far you can develop as a society. Yes. Right. I am very curious, Nick, to hear about where tis white and where tis pink. So it is in, hmm, let me show you. So the it's it's exactly where we have that first breakdown, the longest of the breakdowns. So the but first which is which the three the first three verses is white. So that is our reference to the story of the god itself. Okay, that's the kind of historical reference. Pink from the fourth and fifth verse are the Ian contemporary. This is how I translate this. And we have the same key as we had previously, which is that the first three verses that are more related to the poetic Eda, mm. possibly the prose Eda, are all phrased either in third person or in plural first persons. All Father, how can we help you? All Father, how can we help you? As soon as it switches, the heavy door closed with a thud that the vast and book-lined hallowed hall sucks me in with endless breasts. It swishes to the eye, the me. The heavy door closed with a thud. The vast and book-lined hallowed hall sucks me in with endless breath. I'm fascinated to kind of keep an eye on that. Absolutely, yeah. Throughout this whole album. What is the story that Ian is trying to tell in this grander scope of this whole album? What are we deciphering from this, if anything? What can we read? What can we divine from these runes? Exactly. Each verse is a rune. I have a guess. I have something that comes out to me. For this song in particular? Yeah. I also do. What's yours? Yes. <laughs> oh, I need one? <laughs> I, for me, it seems like the first three verses are describing, describing the past, describing humanity's relationship with this God, mm -hmm. etc., And then it switches to, for me, a lot of the song is about, Odin did a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. This seems to me to be a lot about Odin's gift of learning and knowledge and wisdom to humanity. And what he did to get to that point. Right. Yeah. And then when it switches to Ian's perspective, the pink text, mm -hmm. pink for Ian, it seems to me about Ian's relationship with knowledge and learning. Mm. So for me, what the theme is, is what is Ian's personal relationship with the Norse gods? Mm. Which I think is really fun. A lot like the last album, what can he take from this story? How can he take advantage of that and, and learn from it? And either think of something that he can actively do or at least learn from it. Yeah, and I feel like the previous album, The Zealogene, was a little... that This has taken one step closer to the personal. Oh, yeah. The Zealogene was, here's the story, here's how it relates to you, the listener, in our modern world. Mm -hmm. This seems to me, here's the story of these Norse gods, and here's how I, Ian, which is so rare... Super rare, yeah. ...are affected by that or in tune with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is your interpretation of it? What you just said overall... Yes. Spot on. Love it. This song in particular, honestly, it feels like an allusion to retirement. Go on. Ian likening himself to the Allfather 
and sacrificing to bring things to the people. And then this is, this feels like a retirement. The heavy door closed with a thud, with a finality. He is walking down that final book-lined hallway and like he's going to the, the, the great library in the sky. Wow. This is what he plans to do. That's really interesting. Could be way off base, but. Well, it's your interpretation. Yeah. Don't you forget it. <laughs> it reminds me of, you know, my family's very learning oriented, lots of books. Fact. And I think that there is a tendency with people who are a bit obsessed with knowledge and reading to, to want to just, you know, go into a, li a library and literally never like to, to try to gain complete knowledge, to try to read every single book that there ever was, mm -hmm. you know, that there's this fantasy of like, maybe I could learn everything that there is to learn. And gosh, right. if I just had enough time. It's like that Twilight Zone episode where the guy's like, finally, I can read. Oh, no, my glasses. That's not fair. That's not fair at all. There was time now. There was, was all the time I needed. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> Finally, a library all to myself. Oh no, I'm illiterate. <laughs> or the scary door one where he breaks his glasses and then his like eyes fall out or something like yeah, that yeah, and he yeah. just falls well, apart yeah. at least there's the large type books yeah. <laughs> ah my eyes prepare to enter the scary door the last man on earth I can read books for all eternity this is not fair I can still read the large print books ah! well lucky I know how to read braille it also reminds me of the Avatar The Last Airbender episode with the spirit library mm. and the archaeologists who like the library is sinking into the sand. It's going to be destroyed forever. And they're like, come on, we have to get out of here. And he's like, no, I won't leave these books. And they're like, okay, bye. Yeah. Wait, professor, let's go. I'm not leaving. I can't. I've spent too long trying to find this place. There's not another collection of knowledge like this on Earth. I could spend an eternity in here. Just go! And, really poignantly, it's buried in the sand and it's guarded by this owl spirit because people used that knowledge for evil, for bad. What are you doing? I'm taking my knowledge back. No one will ever abuse it again. He's sinking the building. We've got to get out of here. And that's something that we don't actually get into with this song. No. What are the negative effects of this gift of humanity? We don't actually, like we do see most of the time where Ian's just like, this is it. This is what I'm telling you. You decide. We don't see a lot of like good or obviously the, or bad in here. Like he's just saying, this is what Odin did. And that's it. Right? And here's me in a library. And then I'm in a library, yeah. And then I got lost in Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I love the smell of Barnes and Noble so much. It's nostalgic and feels naughty, yeah. Oh, it's just book. I have a question. Yeah. 
and perhaps this is unanswerable because our of our lack of knowledge of the poetic Eda. Mm-hmm. But I find it fascinating that it's All Father, how can we help you? All Father, how can we help you? Not All Father, oh, I'm so glad that you are giving us knowledge, but how can we help you? How can we bring you wondrous notions? How do we read you? How do we will you godly emotions? How can we bring you wondrous notions? All Father, how do we read you? How do we will you godly emotions? To me, that feels like whoever, whatever entity or whatever thing presence in the the Gununga Gap, whatever Odin is trading the eye for, that's that entity or collection of things. You give me your eye, I'll give you a written alphabet. Interesting. I wonder if we know who did Odin sacrifice is I that was iambic pentameter everybody I D B B B B B. who did Odin sacrifice his eye to why to satisfy his relentless thirst for knowledge Odin sacrificed one of his eyes in exchange for a drink from Mimir's well mm. which gave him enlightenment who is Mimir that is there are three wells at the base of Yggdrasil one is Erderburner, which is the well of fate, from which the tree was watered by the Norns, who are the fates. The Vergelmir, which is the roaring kettle, in which dwelt Nidhogg, the monster that gnawed at the tree's roots. Mm-hmm. And Mimisburner, which is Mimir's well, which is the source of wisdom for the waters of which Odin sacrificed an eye. Okay, so there's a couple different versions I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Mimir is a water spirit who, like you said, lives in the spring, and there's a well that you can kind of dip into if you have sacrificed your eye. There's another version where he is the wisest of the gods of the Asir tribe. Hmm. And he was decapitated by the Vanir. It's this warring factions of gods. This is Mimir? Mimir is the one who was decapitated? Correct. Okay. Odin saved his head and preserved it in herbs. As you do. And kind of was able to extract knowledge from it. And I would love hmm. a scene played out of that. Who would play Odin? Who was the guy who played the Big Lebowski? Oh, Jeff Bridges? Yes, Jeff Bridges would play Odin in that version. I mean, Anthony Hopkins did a bang-up job in the Marvel world. but Yeah, like, but I'm not, I mean, but this is not the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's Jeff Bridges. That's a good one. Yeah, that's good. And then the head would be played by um, Taika Watiti. Watiti. Taika Watiti? Taiki, yeah. Taika Watiti, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, just his head in a basket with herbs on it. Yeah. So Odin drinks from the well for knowledge, very similar to eating the fruit of knowledge with Adam and Eve. Yeah. What if it was the same tree... Yggdrasil was the tree of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, sure. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. Just on our plane of existence, which is... Mannheim. Mannheim? Mannheim steamroller? (laughs) (laughs) 
It's something like that. It's human humanheim. <laughs> Midgard. Midgard, that was it. <laughs> That's what you said, yeah. <laughs> Mangard. Yeah, so maybe at the exact same time Odin was taking the sip, Eve was was taking a bite of the apple and and she got punished because she was a woman. And she talked Adam into eating it. And neither of them sacrificed their eyes. Maybe that's it. That's it. They didn't sacrifice. Well, they did sacrifice, though. They sacrificed their their existence in the garden. But they were tempted by the Lord of the Light. Tempted, yeah. And Odin was just knowledge hungry. See, that's there's a difference there, though. Like, Odin knew that there was more that he didn't know. Yes. You know, I, I think the, the Adam and Eve thing is like they were just, they were content until someone told them that they weren't. Yeah, that was more curiosity. Yeah. Curiosity killed the cat. Odin was more burning desire for information. Right. I can still read with one eye. Yeah. So the Twilight Zone episode would be Odin... Odin getting trapped in a library and super excited. And he runs to the first bookshelf and he trips and pokes his eye out with his pencil. His other eye. Yeah. His other eye. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, what is your relationship to knowledge and learning? When have you felt sucked in to the book lined hallowed hall? Oh, that's, I mean, I'm always looking for more information. I'm always intrigued to learn something new. Um, I mean, I just went through a, a year long course on podcasting and, I'm constantly trying to evolve in the IT world. Sure. You know, and and I just like, I don't really read much like really cut and dry, like nonfiction, you know? Okay. I suppose I could, I suppose I should. Um, I read a lot of comics and RPG stuff, so. <laughs> that counts. That is that not also what Odin sacrificed his eye That's for? That's true. What if Mimir was like, hey, thanks for the eye. Here's series one of the Batman. Enjoy. Have a good time. Odin's like definitely worth it. Oh, you wanted you wanted the periodic table of the elements? That'll cost you a toe. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in college, I avoided any serious study quite assiduously because it cut into my partying schedule. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I did at times. I got I got serious about paper writing at various points, usually in the 24 hours before the paper was due. <laughs> I was so serious then. I was very serious. I would have sacrificed any number of body parts. <laughs> and I remember one time I was in, I was on a real studying bender and I was posted up in the library and I drew, I made a little paper altar to the Greek god Apollo. I drew a little Apollo and set him up on my, like, above my computer, above all my books and everything to like try to keep me on the, the straight and narrow because Apollo is the god of knowledge and study mm -hmm. in, in Greek mythology. And um, and it worked. I passed that course. Yeah, but I mean, you could have passed any of those courses, right? Because they just gave you a, a sticker. Yeah, but I did want to do a good paper. And I did some good papers. Fat lot of good either of our degrees got us. Actually, you probably, you've used your degree a lot more than I ever used mine. My three degrees. Whoa. I only have one. Well, so I guess, no, it's a dual bachelor's, right? So it's it's at least two degrees. So you don't count the minor, right? 
I just have a like a GE from Sarah Lawrence. I stay away from minors. Ha! I've learned my lesson. <laughs> no, I um, it's just a BA. A lot of BS, if you ask me. They didn't offer a BS in what I was looking at. That is actually a Bachelor's of Science. I I know. Oh, okay. I know. <laughs> but the thing I appreciated about Sarah Lawrence is that more than the individual course studies, the whole philosophy was you have to question everything. Just because mm. we tell you it's a certain way or just because you read a book that says it's a certain way, question that. And mm. maybe you will reconfirm the thing that was said or maybe you'll find out that it's more complex or maybe you'll find that it's that it was actually not the case or maybe it was the case then, but it's not the case now. Yeah. And so that's something that I feel like that was my big takeaway from Sarah Lawrence is like, there's always, there's always a different, no matter what you're researching, no matter what you're trying to learn, there's always a different way of looking at it. Even yeah. if you think you've researched it from 360 degrees, that's just one plane. What Ooh. if you go on the X axis? What if you tilt the X axis, baby? No one ever thought about the X axis. No one ever thinks about the X axis. Until now. The X axis, the Yagdrasil axis, the X-axis is the the punk band made up of both of our ex-girlfriends. <laughs> the X-axis of evil. I mean, feels like it. I love the image of from pen to paper, man to child. From pen to paper, man to child. That that last image is reversed. That almost as you, if you sit down to learn something, you almost have to re-enter a childlike state of beginner's mind. Right, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's always accessible to us if we if we pick up a something that we're not familiar with. So cool. My favorite line is "Eye for a lie, tooth for a truth." Eye for a lie, tooth for a truth. Yes, like it. Yeah, well done, well said. Playing with a lot of different things there. Mm -hmm. Hang from the branches above the well, Yggdrasil and Mimir as well. Oh, in nine days, he he hung there for nine days in the blink of one eye. And from the branches above the well, nine days pass in the blink of one eye. Wink. I mean, that's also another, you know, we could, that's another parallel to, to Jesus. He was buried for a certain number of days, a magical number of days. Yep. For three days. And three is very significant in Christianity, and nine mm -hmm. is very significant in the Norse mythology. Oh, right. Nine layers, right? Nine worlds. Nine layer cake. Yeah, delicious. Oh, it's Yggdrasil flavored. Yum. After oh, Nick, what are we listening to next week? Next week, we are on The Feathered Consort, track number four. Until next week, how can we bring you wondrous notions? I'll tell you how. By getting you to sign up for our Patreon and Discord chat. There are so many wondrous notions coming from every which direction with our Discord chat users. Fellow Tall Skulls, yeah. Born in these waters, a gift for the giving could be a Tall Skull t-shirt, perhaps, or uh, a mug, or a sticker, even even a phone case, if you'd like, to give the gift of, which you can do by following the T public link that is found in our show notes. That sentence structure was a Dr. Seuss painting of subclauses held together with string. 
Also delivered by William Shatner, so. <laughs> what we learn from the symbols is how you feel about this podcast. And by the symbols, what we mean is the number of stars that you put in your review, or rather attached to it. And a sacred number to us is five. Five stars. I will send you my eyeball in the mail if you give us a five-star review. What am I going to use it for? Seeing things? Until next week, bathe in my presence, both dead and living. I'm Nick McGill. Suck me with an endless breath, I'm Omen Thomas Sade. Feel free to fawn at the feet of the feckless momes. And this is Closed with a Heavy Thud. Talk tall to me. <sighs> Uh, welcome to Stamford Eye Center. Do you have an appointment? Yes. Okay, let's see. Uh, last name? Allfather. Let me see if I can find it in the system here. Um, let's see. Date of birth? The beginning. Okay, let me put that in. The beginning. Um, oh, there you are. Uh, Odin? Odin. Okay, great. Well, just have a seat and... Dr. Slivovitz will be there with you in just a second. Uh, feel free to read a magazine. Thank you. Women's Day. That Jennifer Aniston, she gets up to antics. Mr. Allfather? Mr. Allfather? Yes, that's me. Right this way, right this way. Thank you. Okay, go ahead and sit down here. Um, let's see. Let's take a look at those peepers. I'm just going to shine a flashlight in. All right, we're going to start with eye number one. Shine that right in there. Wow, great. You have excellent pupil dilation. Go over here to eye number two. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I see that you had a little damage to this eye. Is there a problem? Uh, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm surprised and, uh, and shocked, but is it, is it causing you any discomfort? No, no, I see great with the one. Okay, okay, great. So we're, you know, um, glasses are going to be half price then. <laughs> Speaking of, of glasses, do you have a line of glass eyes I can look at? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, we have those right over there next to the gumball machine. Don't get them mixed up. <laughs> So what brings you in here today, Mr. Allfather? Well, I figured I should probably get the, the gaping hole in my head looked at. I mean, I did it. I, I know it happened. I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. Sure. Well, it does look like the optical nerve has been cauterized, not through any method that I've ever seen before. So you must have either had a really great surgeon or it was... Um, fused by some sort of unearthly interdimensional spirit. I'm not sure which one. It was the, sec it was the second one. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, you know, they did a great job. So this doesn't look like there's any infection. Are you looking for a... Our different clients want different things. You know, do you want a photorealistic eye? Do you want something maybe a little bit more fun? Do you just want an eye patch? We also do have a storage option, uh, which is very popular with some of our more criminal customers. Go on. Well, I do have some friends who, uh, some clients who are in the 
the business of uh, running Colombian ecstasy through the borders. And what they find is, you know, a little, a little, it looks like an eyeball that you unscrew it. You've got about, you know, three cubic centimeters of space in there. You wouldn't believe how much this bad boy holds. I like it. I could do that as a side gig. Let me pop, let me just, let me, let me pop this in here. Let me just grab your eyelid. Okay. How does that feel? It's, it feels good. Look to the right. Okay. Look to the left. Over there, okay. Look to the right. Yep. Okay, it's a little bit behind the other one, but it's it's not bad. Uh, oh, you know, before we go any further, did somebody, do you have a ride home? Because I, I will have to put some drops in your good eye. Do you have anyone driving you today? Oh, no, I, I flew my own cloud. <coughs> oh, I guess the, the crows can, <laughs> I guess the, the crows can take care of it. <coughs> uh, they can see. <coughs> That's great. Okay, so I'm gonna pop that one out. Yep. Oof. Yep. Sorry about that. It's a little bit, a little bit tense. It gets easier as you go. Now I want to try this one. is really fun with our Gen Zers. Mm. I'm gonna pop this in. There we go. And that one connects directly to TikTok and Snapchat. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I, I see. I see a podcast option. Yes, yes, and you're broadcast. You're broadcasting everything that you're seeing. It's being directly streamed to YouTube. You've already got ten subscribers just in the last couple of seconds. Isn't that great? Wow. Yeah, yeah. And we do have that podcast option. If you want that, I think you should go for it. Just you have to sign these runic documents. Got it. Okay. I have a quill on me right here. Okay. Wow. You really are good at runes. I haven't seen that good handwriting since ancient medical school you know they just don't teach rooms in school anymore they don't they don't they don't they don't do that they don't teach runes in school anymore and that is what is wrong with midgard started the downfall for sure yeah yeah all the kids know today is tweeting veganism being bisexual avocado toast and not taking out their contacts at night. I tell them you have to. Okay, so um, you're all signed up. Let me just activate the eye here and you'll have full range to everything. And there you go. Oh, wow. Yeah, ultimate knowledge of the internet through your eyeball. Isn't that great? Wow, so, so I originally sacrificed my eye for all knowledge. Yeah. And now I get one and get even more knowledge. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimate disinformation. <laughs> Perfect. Do you want me to turn on the sound option for that? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, what do we got? There you go. There you go. Oh, it's bone, bone conduction. Perfect. Oh, it is an FM radio, though, for some reason. <laughs> Baby, baby, one more time. Talk to me. It's a proud member of the Fickless Moments Audio Network. <laughs>